Hello, I'm Pete Bowen, and welcome to Wisdom, Leadership, and Success, Real Talk About Life. You can subscribe to this blog and podcast at my website, realtalkaboutlife.com and petebowen.net. It's also available on iTunes and other podcast services. In our last session, I teased you with some imagery. Imagine walking on an athletic field and seeing a group of people trying to dribble footballs through a sand trap. Take a second to really visualize that. To our left, there's a coach talking about the proper golf club selections for the free throw line and the goal line. To our right, we see a person wearing shoulder pads put a big orange ball on top of a small white tee and try to hit it with a five iron to another person running across a fairway. Behind us, a person practices kicking a small dimpled white ball from behind the three-point line painted on a strip of grass. One coach is teaching a seminar on how to score the most strokes. Another is teaching a seminar on how to score the fewest baskets. So which one's right? As the participants go through this, they seem confused, disoriented. Their activity doesn't seem to have any particular purpose. It's just what they're doing. So what the heck is going on? When we came upon this scene, most of us quickly recognized the orange ball as a basketball, the white ball as a golf ball, and the brown oblong ball with the stitching? Well, that's a football. The clubs people are using are golf clubs. The tees are golf tees and football kicking tees. Of course the participants are confused and disoriented. They're trying to play three unrelated sports simultaneously. They're confusing football, basketball, and golf. Watching this, we know quickly that whatever they're trying to do, it's not going to work. These three sports are all ways to understand and play a game, but they're very different. Each sport is a self-contained system independent of the other sports. Each sport uses the same words like rules, ball, team, playing surface, scoring, win. But the way each sport understands these things is very different. Sometimes those understandings are opposite. Essentially, each sport is a different paradigm for athletic competition. So what's a paradigm? A paradigm is defined as, quote, a set of assumptions, concepts, values, and practices that constitutes a way of viewing reality for the community that shares them, end quote. That's the technical definition of paradigm. A much easier way of thinking about paradigms is the example we're talking about. Football, basketball, and golf are all different paradigms, different ways of understanding how to play a game. In football, you use a large oval ball, run plays, and hit people hard. There's 22 positions with 11 on offense and 11 on defense. You move the ball forward by running with it or passing it, but you never put it on the ground. You can make one downfield pass per play. You score by running or passing the ball beyond the goal line or by kicking the ball through the goalposts at the end of the field. You win by scoring more points than your opponent. Then there's basketball. You use a large round ball and get kicked out of the game for hitting people. You move the ball forward by dribbling it or passing it. You're not allowed to run with it. You pass the ball repeatedly during play. The same five people play on offense as defense. Like football, basketball games have time limits. Unlike football, play is continuous through offense and defense. In basketball, you score by tossing the ball through a hoop at the end of the court. Like football, you win by scoring more points than the other team. In golf, you use a small dimpled ball and move that ball forward by hitting it with a club. You never touch other players, and time is not generally kept. While passing is fundamental to football and basketball, 
throwing a golf ball down the fairway is going to get you disqualified. You can play as part of a team, but usually you play as an individual. While football and basketball go back and forth on the same playing area, golf is played on 18 different areas. In golf, you don't win by scoring the most points, but by scoring the fewest strokes. Three very different ways of playing a game. Three very different paradigms for playing a game. Clearly, this basket-foot golf activity that we're watching is a mess that frustrates everyone because they're taught conflicting, even contradictory things, and they don't make any progress. Everyone is using the same words, such as win, ball, team, score, rules, equipment, but are using those words in different and confusing ways. In this basket-foot golf activity, players are being taught that you win by scoring the most points, and other times the opposite that you win by scoring the fewest points. This is crazy. It's absurd. So what happened? What's going on in this scene? In this imagined scenario, several generations ago, only one of the sports was being played. Over time, the other sports gradually started happening in the same place at the same time. The sports became entangled and eventually merged into this chaotic mess, basket-foot golf, embodied by dribbling footballs through sand traps and using five irons at the free throw line. The participants don't know this history. All they have ever known is this one merged basket-foot golf activity. We can learn some important lessons from this. First, while these sports often use the same words, they mean very different things by those words. This makes everything confusing. Each sport uses a ball, but the ball couldn't be more different. Basketball and football use the same terms, let's say field goal percentage, but mean and measure very different things by it. Take the concept of moving the ball forward. Each sport has a different way of moving the ball forward. In football, you pass the ball or run with it. You never put it on the ground. In basketball, you pass the ball or dribble it. You never run with it. In golf, if you move the ball with anything but a club, you're disqualified. Now imagine the basket-foot golf people having a discussion about moving the ball forward. Because each sport has different, even opposite ways of moving the ball forward, there's no common ground for a discussion. Some are going to argue for dribbling. Others are going to argue that putting the ball on the ground is the worst thing ever. Still others are going to insist that it's all about the swing. If you try to have that discussion, you're not going to get anywhere productive. You'll simply have an argument that turns into an irreconcilable shouting match. With the sports paradigms, the same words mean very different things, and that eventually leads to confusion, disorientation, and anger. Second, in our society, we tend to approach things with a buffet mentality. We like to look at different things and then pick and choose what we like best to create something new. So why not treat the sports paradigms like a buffet, where we pick and choose what we like most from each sport and then combine them into something new and better. Unfortunately, that buffet approach with these sports will inevitably end in failure. The sports are self-contained. You can't mix and match. You can't try to maximize your score, like basketball and football, while at the same time trying to minimize your score, like golf. The concepts contradict each other. It can't work. That's how we got in the basket-foot golf mess to begin with. Think of it another way. Imagine an electric motor, a gasoline motor, and a jet engine. 
The electric motor uses the interaction between the motor's magnetic field and electric current in a wire winding to rotate a shaft providing power. The gas engine sparks the fuel-air mixture in a piston that moves the piston up and down to crank a drive shaft, providing power. And the jet engine ignites a fuel-air mixture, creating tremendous pressure that's directed out of a nozzle to provide power. All three of these are engines. All of them provide power. All of them are designed using fundamentally different approaches. If you try a buffet approach to engines, mixing and matching the parts from the different engines, you don't get a more powerful engine. You just get something that doesn't work at all. The same is true about the sports paradigms in life. Any attempt to mix and match pieces between the paradigms, any attempt to play basket foot golf, is going to inevitably end in failure. People trying to do that will become disoriented, confused, frustrated, and unhappy. A buffet mentality won't work here. So what do we do? When you understand what's really going on underneath this basket foot golf mess, you can untangle the sports, untangle the paradigms. When the coaches and players see the anchor points of each sport, how that sport defines key things like ball and team and scoring and winning, then they can use those anchor points to recognize and untangle the sports. They can use those anchor points to understand each sport and get really good at it. When you realize what's happening and use the anchor points to untangle the mess and find yourself, the disorientation, confusion, and anxiety get transformed into clarity, excellence, and fulfillment. Why does life seem like an endless chase of pointless things? Why do we feel disoriented? Why are people getting anxious, burned out, and depressed? The reason is because we are being taught conflicting messages from three fundamentally different paradigms of life. We're caught in a real-life version of the basket-foot-golf mess. We just don't recognize it. Our society has the same problem. We're yelling at each other. We're even getting violent with each other because we have different life paradigms telling us opposite things at the same time. One paradigm says there's objective truth versus another paradigm that says there's no objective truth, only personal truth. One paradigm says that there's moral facts, like it's a fact that killing a person for fun is wrong. The other paradigm says that there are no moral facts, just moral opinions. Everything's in the eye of the beholder. Who are you to judge? One paradigm defines racism as discrimination by race or ethnicity, while the other paradigm defines racism primarily in terms of having power or not. We're being bombarded with messages that tell us that life is about scoring the most points and simultaneously that life is about scoring the fewest points and it's confusing and disorienting and where are the anchor points and my life is flying by while I'm just trying to figure it out and raise a family and do the right thing in the middle of the storm called life. So no wonder that in the midst of more wealth and education and technology and prosperity, Ever in world history, people are getting more anxious and depressed, and our kids are killing themselves. On a low-level mission back in 1988, a bad compass took us off course. It happened slowly. Things seemed right at first, but over time, my map and the terrain we flew over matched less and less. We knew that things weren't right, but we weren't conscious that we were lost. The divergence was slow and insidious. It almost got us killed flying through a tank gunnery range. We didn't realize that we were lost until we popped off the low-level route and climbed above it all. Air traffic control helped us find our anchor points. We got back on course, and we landed safely. 
That's how we're going to find ourselves as individuals and as a nation lost in the midst of this crazy, disorienting mess we call life. We're going to climb above it all. We're going to find our anchor points and untangle this mess. Then we're going to get back on course to safety. We'll start by learning about the wisdom paradigm of life that is the foundation of most all the world's great philosophies and religions. At least, that's until the religious wars in Europe in the 1500s and 1600s. The warfare and killing and suffering of that time were so great that people tried to create a whole new understanding of life, which is the modern paradigm. The modern paradigm made some modifications that changed the course of Western society. At first, things didn't seem too different. But over time, we got more and more off course, and the differences between where we were and where we thought we should be got too big to ignore. In the decades around 1900, it became increasingly clear to some that the modern paradigm had broken down as a way to understand life. These philosophers, educators, and others took what they thought were the lessons of the breakdown of the modern paradigm and over time developed a new postmodern paradigm. The postmodern paradigm began to gain influence in academia in the 1920s, the years after World War I. People studied the breakdown of modern thinking in the context of a truly terrible and modern First World War. It seemed like modern thinking had led to the horrors of the modern war. People in their 20s were studying postmodern thinking in the 1920s. Over time, these postmodern thinkers gained increasing influence in academia until, in their 50s and 60s, they took over the department chairs and leadership of the colleges in the 1950s and 60s. No surprise, then, that we had a lot of turmoil in our colleges and our nation in the 1960s. The rise of postmodern thinking did not go unopposed. Great teachers like Tolkien and C.S. Lewis wrote books like Lord of the Rings, The Chronicles of Narnia, and The Abolition of Man to counter postmodern thinking. Today, postmodern thinking dominates Western academia, and several generations of students taught from a postmodern perspective are in our society, and their anxiety, depression, and suicide rates are climbing. The wisdom in modern paradigms didn't disappear. Threads of wisdom and modern thinking are still quite influential in areas of our society. The deepest battles in our society today are really battles between the wisdom paradigm and the completely opposed postmodern paradigm. Why are we yelling at each other instead of having rational discussions to solve our problems? Because one paradigm says that the meaning of life is happiness, and the other says there's no meaning in life. Because one paradigm says that logic is a great tool to pursue the truth with a capital T, and the other paradigm says there is no truth, and logic is a social construct, even a racist construct, used as power to oppress the less privileged. That's the disorienting, basket-foot golf stuff going on in our society. That's what we have to untangle to get back on course. A few things before we dive into the paradigms. First. There's that overwhelming temptation we have to categorize things in terms of Republican and Democrat and liberal and conservative. We need to be clear that the conflicts between these political categories are not the same as the conflicts between the paradigms. Conservative versus liberal is much more like the difference between, let's say, the spread offense and the pro-style offense in football than it is like the difference between football and golf. Second, it's common for us to play basket foot golf without realizing it. 
Writers and speakers often unknowingly mix the paradigms, unaware that they're inconsistent or even contradicting themselves. They don't realize they are talking about using golf clubs from the free throw line. Don't expect to find paradigm consistency within particular writers or speakers. Third, this is a brief, not comprehensive, history of these paradigms. We will be discussing the general direction of thought over hundreds of years. There are lots of cross-currents and counter-currents in thinking through those times, but those don't change the general direction of the overall thinking. If something in these sessions doesn't seem to fit how you understand history or the dynamics of life, please drop me a question on the website and we'll start a discussion to figure it out in good faith. So let's recap. Just as football, basketball, and golf are different self-contained ways of playing a game, the wisdom, modern, and postmodern paradigms are different self-contained ways of understanding life. While these paradigms may use the same words, the words mean very different things in each paradigm. The same way that ball and offense and score mean very different things in football, basketball, and golf. The disorientation and conflict in our lives and in society today are really a conflict between these fundamentally different paradigms of life. So here's the plan. We're going to look at the history of these paradigms to find out how we got lost and how we get back on course. We're going to find that the postmodern and wisdom paradigms are completely opposed to each other. In fact, as much as we've rightfully been taught about tolerance and coexistence, we're going to find that the wisdom and postmodern paradigms can't coexist. In the end, we're forced to choose between wisdom and love on one side and postmodern power on the other. When we make the right choice, and that's going to be wisdom and love, we're going to get a lot of clarity about our life and our nation. This deeper understanding won't just clear the air, it will make each of us much more successful in every area of our life, work, families, and the meaning of life itself. This is not going to be easy. Postmodern power has built a huge amount of momentum against wisdom and love. But adversity is also opportunity. The greatest adversities are the greatest opportunities to grow. So what's the history of the paradigms? How can this help you do really well in all aspects of your life? Stay tuned for the next session. I'm Pete Bowen. Thanks for listening to Wisdom, Leadership, and Success, Real Talk About Life with me, Pete Bowen. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast, and I hope you share it with your friends. Please visit our website, Real Talk About Life, or PeteBowen.net, where you can subscribe to this podcast and get additional information. I'd love to hear your comments and questions.